from Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, November 5th, 2010, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando, Florida studios is the very lovely Maya Strang. You take your glasses off. Because the headphones were clamping on the sides and it was giving me a headache. He's serious You look different. I, I don't ever see. I mean, sometimes you even sleep in your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> They're is, He does. He falls well, in case a burglar off. comes in, I need to be able to see them <laughs> in the middle of the night. Um, Ryan Ham. Hey, everyone. And Josh Loveless. Hey, people. On the ones and twos behind the wall of glass is our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. And not joining us is Jesse Carey. Right. We don't like him anywhere. He had to, like, move a friend or something. Or he had a lunch appointment or something. In the middle of the day? Something. <laughs> move a friend in the it middle of the day. Yeah, he had to, you know. As long as he's not He had to go see about a girl. It was something lame. Okay. It was pretty lame. What it says to you, dear listeners, Jesse doesn't care about you. Mm. He has other priorities. Mm. We don't. No. <laughs> no such thing as vacation days with the podcast. No, no, no. Of course, we didn't do one last week. That's true. Oh, yeah. Thanks for reminding everybody. But yeah, right. we, we skipped one because last week, Chad had other things to do. He was in Chicago. He was. And, and, and you've forgotten how it. to produce it. I thought about you guys, though. <laughs> Yeah, I could have. We could have recorded it, and I could have edited it, but I've moved on. Yeah, it's been, Chad, Chad it's does been over such, a year. He does such a better job. I don't want to go back to that. We're here for the listeners when we can, <laughs> when we right. feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We have a great podcast to make up for not doing one last week. We have a great podcast for you uh, today. We have a live in studio performance by Josiah Wolf. You won't want to miss. And uh, later on, Roxanne Weeman joins us, and we tell you. The inside scoop on the brand new issue of Relevant featuring Zach Galifianakis on the cover. Before we get started, a quick look at your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, November 9th. The new Kid Cudi album, uh, Man on the Moon 2, The Legend of Mr. Rager. Have you have you heard any of it, Ryan? No, I haven't. Just Well, I heard the first two singles. I, I loved the last album. Mm-hmm. Great. It, it was a concept album, mm-hmm. which is rare in any genre now, but mm-hmm. especially hip-hop. So I have really high expectations for this one, and I'm I'm afraid of being disappointed. Yeah, do I don't think, know. We'll see. Do you think he'll ever drop the kid, like all the Lils do <laughs> eventually? <laughs> I don't know because I feel like it's different. Well, like Lil Wayne kept his for now, and then you have young you have young people too, like young Jeezy, like young Jeezy MC, um, and the young money mil- millionaires. Yeah, and then there's another young too, but I can't. They stay young at heart. I can't remember who. I think Kid Cudi is going to keep it. Yeah, I think so too. He's an actor now. He's in um, that Ameri- make it in America. How to make it yeah. in America? He was good. I mean, it's just a bit part, but he was good. Uh, also coming out, hello, goodbye with Would It Kill You? Suzanne Boyle with Did- the gift. Why'd you put Suzanne Boyle on the list? <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of fans. That listen to that. Oh, okay. And along the same lines, Josh Groban with Illuminations. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, as far from Josh Groban as you can get, Under Oath is coming out with Disambiguation. And last but not least, Dave Barnes' uh, Christmas album, Very Merry Christmas. There's a lot of Christmas albums coming out, I noticed. Oh, yeah. 
the holidays are coming. Mm-hmm. I think we're officially in the holiday season. Are we? It's November. Oh. That's true. Because we just had Halloween. Yeah. Hey, that kicks them off. <laughs> Can I ask, what is, is there an official cutoff point for people having to take skeletons and tombstones out of their yard? Because I need to pass along this inf- information to my neighbors. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of cobwebs and bats and stuff still on my driveway. Is home. there a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a housing... <laughs> HOA, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You should report under the I HOA should. to all of them. <laughs> Go around and get every Just address and email. Write email subject line bats. <laughs> <laughs> we have a Nazi HOA in our neighborhood. Yeah. Are you sure though that that was because of Halloween and it's just not a rough neighborhood? <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it took a turn for the worst. Specifically last week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there were gangs of children roaming the neighborhood, and they're taking gang, over, they're t- gang demanding color. things from they're, homes, and their gang color is orange. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Movie release is coming out on Friday, November 12th. We have Morning Glory uh, starring Harrison Ford, Rachel McAdams, Diane Keaton. I always really wish this was the Oasis story. <laughs> That's a <bio> pit, yeah. <laughs> Well, Harrison Ford put out a good movie before he dies. I've actually heard it's really bad. No, I just don't think. I think he's done. Oh. Well, he was done. He retired. And then they brought him back for the Alien Skull movie. Yeah. yeah. And then he keeps making bad movies. Like, well, once I'm back, I might as well not stop. Like Extraordinary Measures or whatever. Did you that see one those? Was. It took it a went, long time off. There's, there's straight to DVD. And then right below straight to DVD is straight to Airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> which is where they put the absolute worst movies, unless you're in first class. <laughs> uh, also coming out Unstoppable with Denzel Washington and Chris Pine. I.e. Yeah. another movie where Denzel has to stop something, run away. Right. <laughs> he does the same role in everything. Well, he just amazing. plays Denzel Washington. It's the yeah. same director who did Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3 and like Is it really? Man on Fire. So it's going to be lots of quick cuts and you'll walk out with kind of a headache and you're not really sure what happened, but you're pretty sure it sucked. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be that kind of movie. Also coming out, Skyline. Never heard of it. And Cool It is a documentary coming out um, starring James Hansen. It's kind of the counterpoint from an environmental standpoint on the Al Gore environmental documentary. So it's still pro-environment. It's not like a conservative thing. It's interesting. And the reason why I actually know about this one is that we're ho- we're participating in screenings around the country for it. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. I, I'm not endorsing their message. I just think it's an interesting topic. I feel like the documentary filmmakers have taken over for the East Coast, West Coast hip-hop yeah. uh, <laughs> rivalries that was happening back in the day. Yeah. I uh-huh. feel like for every documentary, there's like the counterpoint documentary <laughs> and uh, the battles that are going on That's between these it. directors is intense. Al Gore needs to stay out of all Las Vegas limos. Oh. Oh. <laughs> He went in a limo. It was a Mercedes. Oh, excuse me. Excuse and Suge Knight was Fancy driving. Cars. The windows were down. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a BMW story coming out soon, I'm sure. <laughs> Counterpoint the Mercedes one. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. This week's podcast is brought to you by Cool It, the movie. This documentary takes a new approach to global climate change, protecting the planet, and saving its people. Cool It hits theaters November 12th, but Relevant readers are invited to attend a free, exclusive screening in their area. Visit relevantmagazine.com slash coolit for more information.
you're listening to Sleigh Bells, the song is Infinity Guitars. It's a good one. It is a good one. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard the Ting Tings with hands. I think if I could ever pick my entrance music, it would always be the first track off a Sleigh Bells album. Can you play that for us real quick, Chad? Sure. Wouldn't that be good, Chad? That would be good ent- entrance music, right? Yeah, we entered the podcast with that a couple months ago, and it was amazing. Yeah, it just makes everything sound epic. Would you walk into a room, Ryan, with uh, with that song? When you say intro music, do you mean like when you? It depends. Okay. Like, have you? Did you ever see the Kings of Comedy? No. The the concert special with Steve Harvey and all that. Mm-hmm. Every time, like Steve Harvey was like the host, CMC throughout, mm-hmm. and then he would bring out each comedian, and they would come out. To the most epic intro music ever. Like, you know, they're standing behind the curtain, backlit, and like the music then pulls out in the arena screaming. And I always thought, man, I want to come out to that someday. I just want to, I want to like some, play some 50 Cent or something. Maybe epic. Maybe at my wedding. Yo! Yeah. Because Grimms yeah. don't really get like entrance yeah. music, but that would be, yeah. Sweet. Now, entrance at the ceremony or the reception? No, both. Oh, okay. yeah. Wow. <laughs> we had outro music at the reception. I had them play Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. You did not. Yeah. When we were walking to the limo, that's what was fun. <laughs> Maya doesn't believe him as if she wasn't all. there. That's what was. That's extremely embarrassing. <laughs> no. I thought it was. I thought it was awesome. Oh, had you been gosh. drinking it all that day, Maya? Why do you no. not remember your wedding day? <laughs> it was a blur. Okay. He also said it'd be it, fun like, to make babies with me. In front of the whole church. Make a family. But I said it very like, <laughs> make a family. In front you know of everybody. I, I, I throw <laughs> in there a little, you know laughing. what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Everybody busts out laughing. All right, well, it's time for slices. What do you have, Ryan? Um, well, there is some breaking news out of the political world. Exactly. I haven't heard anything about politics recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's not what you think. It has nothing to do with the election. Okay. Um, apparently, the... It's some sort of governing body. I want to say city council, but it might not be. Anyway, so the city city governing body in San Francisco has effectively banned Happy Meals from the city of San Francisco. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. They. Um, How can you do that? Basically, they made uh, pretty strict nutritional uh, nutritional rules for any meal that gives away a free toy. wow that's funny you have to match these uh you have to match these specific things so can't mcdonald's just adjust by not giving away the toy right well that's what everyone's saying so basically you're gonna (laughs) still have kids eating really bad food now they they just just don't don't, get a toy yeah they'll get a treat at the end of the (laughs) meal yeah oh Oh, thanks thanks a lot city council yeah although to be fair like did you guys ever actually play with the happy meal toys you got i collected all six (laughs) (laughs) i have a bunch of them still in my house i just can't get into them i can't open them the plastic wrap is too uh too intense have oh. you ever tried to break in it's very well difficult. it loses difficult. value once you open the package well that's true if you're a serious collector you can you can actually yeah. make some money off of those yeah. things not but. kids in san francisco yeah not yeah. anymore well, actually you could sell them online to kids in san francisco that's Ooh. true there's probably going to be a black market <laughs> there's a black market for happy meal toys to get <laughs> now, trafficked in. now i'm just picturing like the happy meal toy equivalent of goodfellas operating <laughs> in san francisco <laughs> like never use your own stuff <laughs> Wow, that's good. Um, I often went to Burger King, and they often did like collector's cups or plates. Mm. Yeah, those are better. So we did that more often. I had Muppets glasses for two decades. You wear them to bed every night? 
Not. <laughs> Is that why you, you still sleep the way you do? Yes. I'm picturing like actual Muppet, like people hanging off of your glasses. It seems cute. Cups. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Right. Just okay. clarify. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, what was it? Oh, yeah. Burger King really like. Do you remember the early 90s when they had the BK Kids Club? Yeah. And it was, was like, too old. I feel like it was affiliated with Ninja Turtles somehow. So I thought it was obviously the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. But then they also, they were also the first ones to go really uh, PC with their advertising. So the Burger King Kids Club like had every race. And then there was a kid in a wheelchair called Wheels. I remember oh, that. And I remember no. him like thinking he was super cool because I think Wheels had a Z. Yeah, in I was going to say, how was <laughs> it yeah. spelled? Cool. And I was like, you know, I'm like eight. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. <laughs> friends That's with all good. the other yeah. races it, it works <laughs> all your friends are different mm-hmm. oh yeah yo gabba. gabba gabba song we took <laughs> Ch- uh cohen to his first rock and roll concert this weekend it was yo gabba gabba live interesting and uh it blew his mind who are the musical guests i forgot to ask uh, the you. sun bears okay it, yeah other cities got the roots the ting tings uh the De- the December they don't announce who the musical mm-hmm. guest is and so they're like it's time for musical friends happy hour and the stage comes out and it's like the sun bears <laughs> oh i don't even know who they are it's just a regional indie indie group i mean that can travel yeah with them they kind of played the florida dates is what yeah. i read online but mm. there's like a whole blog community the roots were gonna i read that the roots were slated for the florida leg but then they decided to play the next day they were playing the john stewart uh, mm-hmm. rally uh, to restore sanity mm-hmm. and or fear and mm-hmm. uh so they were on stage there so they couldn't play the yeah. Yo gabba gabba tour but yeah it was really cool he liked it his favorite part was when they dropped like thousands of balloons from the ceiling. <laughs> that, like his, his head just exploded. All right. Match slices. Yeah. Um, so my slice today is about Halloween. Um, do any of you guys dress up for Halloween? I was a mob boss at a murder mystery party, but it had nothing to do with Halloween. Really? Yeah. It was just a just regular, cause? regular day in the life. <laughs> regular, sa- regular Sunday night. <laughs> Loveless's. Yeah. Yeah. I was Did at a you? party and I was supposed to dress up, but then I got bored. The party was at your house. Up. The party was at my house. Yeah, yeah. So yeah I was at a party. Well, there. Okay, at my house. it was at my house, but like technically, my roommate threw it. So your name was on the invite, though. Was it? Yeah, as, as a hoster. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't even know that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I put on an Edgar Allan Poe T-shirt because I figured that was like the least labor-intensive thing I could do. Um. And then it was cold outside, so I put a hoodie over that. <laughs> so I didn't even, there wasn't even an Aww. attempt. So, Did you dress like you didn't care? No. Oh. No, I didn't even do that. Okay, so I, what I told but people my costume was. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> so what I told, my pe- what I told people that my, my people. costume was. My people. <laughs> yeah. Your name's on the invitation <laughs> to get more people to show up because you're very influential exactly. and popular. Now you're talking about my people. Yeah, what I told my people. Um, so what I told people whenever they ask, because everyone asks, like, oh, are you supposed to be something? Because, I mean, that's the only day that you can get away with asking that. Like, if I were just to ask you, like, what are you what are you wearing today and what are you supposed to be? <laughs> Ralph Lauren? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um so I told everyone cuz I was wearing a, a, a hoodie from Oxford and I told everyone I was like, "Well, I guess I'm the guy who buys sweatshirts from colleges he couldn't get into." <laughs> so, yeah. Cuz I have a Harvard one too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Did you try to get in either of those? No. Okay. I did not. All right. Anyways, back to my slice. Um so a lady up in Virginia was wearing a skeleton costume 
and she's outside and she got arrested. Not because her costume was lame and from, you know, for a a two-year-old. Karate kid. Right. (laughs) Ooh, yeah. But because she was walking a fox, a literal fox. She has a fox on a leash. She said it is vaccinated for rabies. It's littered box trained and it's neutered. And apparently it's illegal to have that. So a lady was walking down the street in a skeleton closet, closet, (laughs) a skeleton (laughs) outfit. We all have them. Uh, And uh, with a fox on a leash and she got arrested. Good. Of all the things, hold on. Of all the things going on on Halloween. Right. I mean, I'm just, we, we double the amount of police on the streets. Is it because of foxes? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Okay. So apparently I didn't even know it was illegal. Maybe just there. Can you have a fox anywhere? No, I'm, no, I'm a little disappointed that no one thought like that could have been part of her costume because she right. could have been a foxy lady. Oh, yeah. Her bones are. Foxy. Yeah. What's yeah. What's the skeleton then? Well, I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe it was a dog in a fox costume and she got, er, and she, got arrested. <laughs> she could have tried, she tried that one. It. <laughs> I saw a dog in the costume. I was driving on Halloween night um, back. Actually, I drove right by Ryan. He was carrying two bags of ice to his house. Um, and, went, been cold. Me, me, and he yeah. didn't, he didn't, sorry. Um, but anyway, r- two blocks later, I go by a lady and easily in her upper forties, um, not dressed up, uh, but with a bag in her hand, walking her dog. It's a wiener dog dressed in a hot dog outfit, <laughs> going door to door, trick or treating. The lady was trick or treating oh because her dog was in a costume and she had a bag of candy in her hand. That's wow. weird. Yeah. That's weird. Two blocks from where you live. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have known that. I would have gone trick or treating. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you have? Uh, well, uh, Canadian researchers have uh, have come out with some uh, some really interesting information uh, recently. Of all the things they could be researching, uh, they uh, they're researching the KFC double down, and <laughs> As they uh, should. and and how much cholesterol is in there, and and a lot of stuff has been said about the double down. A lot of negative publicity has come out related to health and the KFC double down. However, a Canadian research team has found that it turns out that one egg yolk uh, can actually be more harmful to those at risk of heart attack than the double down sandwich because one egg yolk has about 215 to 275 milligrams of cholesterol, whereas the double down only has 150 milligrams (laughs) of cholesterol. So there's obviously still bad stuff in the double down, but when it comes to cholesterol, the thing that's going to clog your heart, make you die... Uh, along with other stuff, it has no carbs. It uh, well, it's a healthy sandwich. It really is, is what we're <laughs> discovering. <laughs> so yeah. uh, compared to one egg yolk, hmm. there's uh, like yeah, like it's two thirds less. That scares of me. Cholesterol. Egg yolk now. Yeah, I know. See, fear. Fear. You can't do anything. I without love, it. I love huh. egg yolk. Speaking of fear, did any of you see the 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 rally to restore sanity and or fear? No, I was too. I watched the whole thing. It was really good. Yeah, I, I had a few. I had a few friends there. But. My my thought it was boring. Mm. Well, you came in at the end when they were doing the, the, the talks. No, they were doing the awards. Yeah, they did. They did like. And then John Stewart got on a soapbox and yelled at everyone about he, everything. He did not. Yes, he did. I thought what he said, nobody could dumb. disagree with it. It was not right or left. It was about finding common ground and doing what's right for America, not being extremist and fear mongers. Like well, I it would agree. Me. But see, that's what so his. That was, that was too pol- political. To but me. that's what his point was. And it was actually a rally in DC was too political for me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> any gathering. If you live in DC, you are too. <laughs> you're too if you, political. If you have a family in yes. Washington DC, yeah. you're too political. You I can't too handle political. it. I no. can't handle it. No, it was. I thought his point was well made. That that 
the media and p- politics have have been become nothing but divisive, and that we've lost the spirit of unity that made this country great, and that we the people can enact change and need to work together through disagreements to further the common good. I mean, there was nothing to disagree with in what his point was. You, you don't know? think people disagreed with what he had to say? I feel like the media okay. was put on trial. Okay. The media they wasn't should... allowed to come, though. No, well, no. A lot of them wasn't allowed to go. Yeah. Some news organizations banned their reporters from attending, like mm-hmm. the AP, ABC News. NPR. N- NPR. Really? <laughs> well, because yeah. they felt if NPR showed up, like it would be ammunition right. after the Juan Carlos stuff. Oh, right. That, oh, they're liberal. Um, yeah, but but there were a lot of news organizations that were there. CNN had a number, had a bit of coverage afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, Huffington Post was banned, Fox. actually. Fox, Fox didn't acknowledge it. It was not a political rally. And that's it's actually one of the biggest criticisms because the people who wanted it to be a political rally were like, we missed an opportunity to make a statement. And, and John Stewart kept saying, we're a couple of comedians. We just wanted to put on a good show. Yeah. And I think... Mission accomplished. I thought it was interesting. I just thought it was interesting. The music yeah. was great. Uh, How just many people showed up to that? 150,000 people. Wow. I, think I, said, I, think I read 250. Well, th- at yeah. the rally, they kept saying 150, so okay. nobody would accuse them of, okay. of exaggerating. But by my eye, looking at the... It was packed. I mean, it was it front forever. to back yeah. packed. I mean, I had friends from Chicago who flew to D.C. for it, like just for the day. Hmm. But, so, You have wealthy friends. No, yeah. they're actually really they, poor. They, I was, that, when they told me, I was like, "How did you do that?" What was their motivation? Why would they? Why would they do that? Because they really like John Stewart okay. and like, free show. And well, yeah, and I think like well, one of my friends wanted to see Cat Stevens too. Yusuf, hmm. yeah, Yusuf Islam, yeah. Uh, so even the benediction by Father Guido Sarducci <laughs> was not like offensive. I mean, it was actually. It was just surprising. The whole day, I was just watching with my antenna up, waiting for. Okay, they they got everybody there under this guise of humor, and then they got this agenda. Yeah, and it never happened. It was actually like a surprisingly positive uh, display. It seems like it would it would walk the fine line that obviously their shows do between humor and being serious. And the challenge of that is sometimes people want you to be serious when you're funny, and and then vice versa. So I don't know. I think. A lot of people probably tuned in going, oh, this is going to be hilarious. And then it's not really funny. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, there was humor. Yeah. I mean, like, for example, uh, the whole thing was the premise, if you don't know, was Jon Stewart after the Glenn Beck rally in August said, listen, we're going to have a rally to restore sanity. And that's it. Well, of course, you know, the Stephen Colbert show follows. So he heard the announcement, quote unquote, and then uh, uh, announced his rally to restore fear. (laughs) So... Then they combined them. So it's the rally to restore f- sanity and or fear. That's And so you had people in the crowd saying team fear, like on their hats and shirts. And it was just really funny. So anyway, John Stewart's up there. He greets everybody, whatever. And then they uh, do a, a video. Um, uh, they piped in Stephen Colbert, who was down in his fear bunker, 2,000 feet below, <laughs> directly below the stage. Oh, my gosh. What are you afraid of, Stephen? I'm afraid that nobody's going to come to our rally. No, there's people here. You should come up. And so he comes up. And, and comes through the stage in the Chilean minor <laughs> capsule. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he comes out. So then immediately, right at the beginning, you know, okay, yeah. this is just going to be funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's wearing like a um, uh, the evil Knievel uh, patriotic suit and all this <laughs> stuff the whole time. And 
Uh, it was great music, and it was. I was waiting for the point the whole time. I was waiting for the point, and then at the very end, you know, John Stewart shared for ten minutes, and it was just like, "Come on, we're better than this." And that was it. Hmm. It was interesting. Yeah, good for them. Anyway, on that note, that'll wrap up. Maya's like, I hated it. I made her watch it. I made her watch it. Well, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty ironic when like Jon Stewart, who, like you said, is a comedian and like tends to be have pretty absurdist comedy a lot of times, like is also one of the best interviewers on television now. Yeah. Like, did you see his interview about Obama? Yeah. He it was great. Him. Like, he grilled him and like. Which was also surprising to the people who accused Stewart of just being right. a leftist shill. Right. I mean, he grilled Obama. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think he could run for office and, and win. I'm not saying I agree with his politics at mm-hmm. all, but he could win. Probably so, yeah. He could win a Senate seat easily if yeah. Jesse Ventura could. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Minnesota. That's right. <laughs> all right, on that note, we'll wrap up slices. Stay tuned. Josiah Wolf is up next. You're listening to Mumford & Sons. The song is The Cave. It's playing right now on Relevant FM. Check it out. Josiah Wolf is an artist that came through our studios recently while out on tour with Fantagram. Uh, he has a fascinating show. He he plays uh, drums and guitar. And what, uh, what else, Chad? And, and he sings. Yeah. All at the same time. All at the same time. Yeah. So it makes for a fascinating experience. Now, when he came to our studio, uh, we had him tone it down a little. He just plays the guitar and sings. Uh, but if you ever have the chance to, to see him live, definitely, definitely go do it. Uh, without any further ado, here is Josiah Wolf performing The Opposite of Breathing. It's just a February sense It's like the opposite of breathing I can hear your little voice inside my head Saying now it's time for change Time to move ahead But I've frozen my assets I've got nothing to give right now You can save all your money And then you can buy a house As for me, I'm still waiting For that perfect piece of mica Under a tree For Thomas Edison With seven heads to come from the sea and when the tin foil spins, put your spirit on me. I want your blessing. Whoever you are who has the power to give me a name for whatever I am. Ah, ah. 
say I only use my head And the way I disagree It just proves it And I've tried to take a different path But everywhere I turn It just brings me back Cause I've frozen my assets I've got nothing to give right now You can save all your money And then you can buy a house As for me, I'm still waiting For that perfect piece of mica Under a tree For Thomas Edison With seven heads to come from the sea And when the tin foil spins Put your spirit on me I want your blessing Whoever you are Who has the power To give me a name For whatever I am That was Josiah Wolf. Check him out at myspace.com slash Josiah Wolf Jetlag. listening to Outside Royalty. The song is Ohio, playing right now on Relevant FM and Relevant TV. Okay, so uh, as we do uh, six times a year, every other month, we have a new issue of Relevant. And, and joining us here in the studio today is our editorial director, Roxanne Weeman. Hi. And uh, we wanted to look at the current issue, tell you guys a little bit about uh, the making of and some of the highlights and lowlights. Of our, <laughs> of our product. There are none of those. The cover story this issue is Zach Galifianakis. Who I will always say from now on as Zach Galifianakis. So I spell it right. Phonetically. That is correct. <laughs> because that was a big part of the issue. Is was he? making sure it was spelled right in every occurrence. As I was typing cover lines on the actual document, I was like paranoid that I was yes. missing yeah. up where the E uh, goes. There are a lot of I's and A's. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just call him Zach G. <laughs> that's what we're going with from now on. Actually, that's what we started doing on page 44. Just Zach, Zach, <laughs> Zach G. G. 
Um, why don't we talk about that that interview? He's uh, in a number of movies this winter, um, including uh, Due Date, which uh, opens wide today, uh, the day this uh, podcast comes out. Yeah. And and so, you know, he's just kind of the, the man of the moment, and we thought it'd be really interesting to talk to him. He, If you've seen his documentaries uh, uh, on Netflix or heard anything about his story, he grew up in North Carolina and right in the middle of the Bible Belt, uh, Greek Orthodox, uh, just really interesting backstory and has kind of uh, come out of nowhere, but also has been acting for the last decade at the same time. Um, just a fascinating interview, I thought. Yeah, and I mean, it's as... <sighs> is as unexpected in moments as you would expect it to be um, because he really um, won't give you a straight answer for most of the questions that you ask. Um, but but then again, like his, his other movie coming out, it's kind of a funny story, is a more serious role for him. And um, he talks about just kind of what it took to do that for him and sort of the psychological effort it took to sort of um, inhabit that that character who has um, a mental illness, depression, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, so. in, in a facility. Which is so. a fascinating part of his own story. Right. right. He's obsessed with the human mind and yes. the fragility <laughs> of it. Mm-hmm. And he said a number of times, like, can you trust your mind? And it's like he's obsessed with this thought. Uh, he's claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. He's, mm-hmm. he's you know, he um, what I, something I find interesting about him is that he portrays characters so vividly and continually yeah. um, that like in his own life and a stage show and uh, he's continually putting on to be funny, different characters, but you, you wonder, you know, who the, who he really is. And obviously it's a defense mechanism in mm-hmm. some respects. It's just mm-hmm. interesting. This story really kind of starts to get under the surface or quote unquote behind the beard, right. which is the <laughs> cover line um, with a, somebody who's actually a really fascinating actor. Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting to hear him um, kind of strip away a little bit of the bluster he so often has um, and just talk about, um, you know, like what his real life looks like and like things he really enjoys, like, you know, doing a five hour jam session with my morning jacket and living um, in the country. Yeah. Living right. on a farm. Right. Cause um, he, he's, he doesn't like people. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and some people would wonder, uh, well, is there some faith story here? Is that why he's on the cover relevant? No, there's not. I mean, there's a background, there's right. context. And he said some really fascinating things about his thoughts on faith and his own story. Uh, but we aren't like trying to portray that he's a Christian or anything like that. No, 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 just an interesting person who's, Influencing Funny culture, influencing culture, and yeah. trying to figure out his life. Yeah, so. which a lot of us are. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. um, other things in the issue, we um, also ha- there's a documentary that just, or it's about to come out, or just came out. Uh, Freakonomics just came out. Yeah. Well, it's confusing to me because it came out on Apple, right? Like a month iTunes. ago, you could you could rent Freakonomics on iTunes and watch it before it came out in theaters, which is fascinating. Uh, but we we talked to the filmmakers uh, behind Freakonomics. And, uh, and and get into some of their, their big ideas here in the magazine. Yeah, and it's just really interesting. I mean, it really is. It's it's the kind the side of economics of cause and effect that you that you don't see or that you don't think about. Um, and it's just all kinds of really semi random stories about <laughs> um, you know about why do what is what do standardized tests do in classrooms and and it's more about like 
teachers that end up cheating because of standardized tests because they want to keep their jobs and prove that their children are doing well or or gang members who end up living with their parents because they can't really afford rent because they're so low on the totem pole they don't get paid anything and so just a lot about kind of just a bunch of random little and you're and like does what you're named yeah affect, affect your life yeah um uh, the sumo wrestling, cheating and sumo wrestling. I mean, it's just right. it's a lot of incentives and, and what people will, what people will do to, to gains, to get something that they're being sort of promised. It, and, and so in that light, it's a fascinating look at the human condition mm-hmm. at our culture, what motivates us. And if you're looking at it thoughtfully, it, it holds up a mirror to yourself. What motivates you to do what you do right. and live the, your life the way that you live it. I think to it, um, like the concept of Freakonomics challenges, um, a lot of our black and white thinking about, you know, this is why people do what they do. Right. Um, right. cause so often it seems like, you know, you look at whatever moral ill is your personal thing right. and you just like, they're doing this because of, you know, X, Y, Z and Freakonomics I think is interesting because it makes us reevaluate that. And the film itself um, is is an interesting project because it's been um, it it's done by seven different um, famous documentary directors, and so they're each like they each kind of do a segment of it and cover different freakonomic topics. So, which is interesting because if you watch it, um, it's tough to answer the question: Do you like the film? Because and, and uh, Loveless was saying this yeah. when he saw it. Uh, there are some segments that by certain filmmakers that are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then there are ones that are like, oh, okay, that was all right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, well, I really w- wish that there were more of those other ones. You know what I mean? But yeah. the overall concept, I mean, if you read the book, uh, it is a fascinating concept. It's just the film itself is in- slightly inconsistent because it's kind of episodes mm-hmm. within a larger. Right. So. Uh, we'll turn the page. We have an interview with author Gabe Lyons, whose new book is called The Next Christians. And it's a look at kind of our generation and uh, where we're going as a movement. Yeah. And he's very optimistic um, just about who who that's, the next Christians are. That's where we differ. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, and just, and he points out some um, sort of critical ways that the next Christians, our generation of Christians um, is different from the generations preceding us and, and um, ways that our culture has created that in us, but, um, but how those things can, can lead to um, a greater faith and, a, and a maybe a more um, whole authentic faith in people's lives. Hmm. So. Uh, we're just going to try and hit highlights of the issue for you. Uh, one of the big things we kind of rolled up our sleeves on was wanting to tackle how faith is expressed in art and culture uh, outside of just music or movies, you know, which is yeah. what we cover a lot. And so we've, we hear, con, you know, continually hear fascinating stories of uh, various people who are doing very interesting things uh, as an expression of their faith. And it's not big name people doing high profile stuff necessarily, but it's interesting, fascinating and important work. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to dedicate a section to highlighting three of our favorites. Um, One is a fine artist, Mako Fujimara, um, uh, Makato, I guess, but it's, he goes by Mako Fujimara, um, who I met only, I met this year actually up in Mm -hmm. his studio in New York. And he, this, this winter, um, next year is the 400th anniversary of the King James Bible. And he was commissioned to actually do 
um, a painting representing each of the gospels. And I, I was able to go to a studio and see these. And it's, if you see, we have pictures of his art here, here in the issue, but his stuff, it's this very ancient process that he does, uh, of like Japanese mm-hmm. fine art. It's chemicals. Uh, it's, it's, it's like ground up. Yeah. Ground up minerals, minerals and things like that. And his, his studio is fascinating. He's these massive oversized canvases. And in front of them is this, like a series of four or five bowls, which just kind of ground what it looks like different colored dust. It's minerals and stuff. And, and the way that he does the art is the minerals reacting with each other. And it creates these gorgeous, uh, mm-hmm. uh, more abstract kind of modern art pieces. So there's no literal John, though when you talk to him, right. there was a very clear reason why he was doing X, Y, and Z on that painting to represent John. Mm-hmm. I had the, you know, there's this message of grace and one of them. And, you know, I want to do da, 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 da. And it was just fascinating seeing him. Well, when, when do you talk about Ma- Mako Fujimara? You right. know what I mean? Like we got to show this stuff. And so anyway, we talk about Mako, go to his studio, you see his process, you hear from him, you see his heart about these works. Um, and then actually we get into his, the way he paints and mm-hmm. stuff, which is really fascinating. Uh, we also talked to, uh, uh, we wanted to look at the theater. And so we talked to Max McLean, who's doing a uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, Lewis's screw tape letters on stage. Mm-hmm. He's doing a one-man show uh, of Lewis's screw tape letters. And uh, basically, he, he and his co-screenplay uh, writer, or not screenplay, what do you call it? Script? Playwright. Uh, playwright, thank you. He and his fellow co-playwright, uh, they figured out a way to dramatize uh, Lewis's screw tape, which if you've read it um, might seem kind of weird because, you know, it's just a bunch of letters from uh, kind of this higher up demon to his nephew who's trying to tempt this Christian into doing bad things. Um, but they figured out how to do it and it's been incredibly well received. Um, I mean, one of the things he talked about a lot was whenever he was first starting to do theater in New York City in the 80s, um, it was almost impossible to describe yourself as a Christian who did theater because you would either scare the Christians or you'd get laughed at by the people who cared about theater. Um, so, I mean, it's really a testament to his diligence and like what God's doing in that city specifically, like just to see how far it's come. Cause he's getting rave reviews from everyone from the Washington post to the New York times to everyone who comes to see it. So, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and the third one we highlight is actually a, a little bit of a different take. Um, this this Christmas season, uh, uh, the next Narnia movie is being released. It's more of you know a children's movie. Um, I guess the books were children's books, children's right. characters and stuff. But you know they were so such seminal works to a lot of the people in our generation, on many generations, um, that you know we kind of are really interested in how the film adaptation. Uh, is being executed. Yeah. And, you know, uh, there's been a lot of thoughts on how <laughs> it's been executed. Uh, it's in a new studio now. Um, uh, Fox is doing it instead of Disney. Uh, the third one is is coming out this this winter. Um, I, was, I had a chance to uh, visit uh, with the filmmakers earlier in the year and heard uh, Douglas Gresham talk. And Douglas Gresham is the stepson of C.S. Lewis. And um, he was the son of C.S. Lewis's um, last wife. And it was fascinating because he's been involved in the whole process from the sense of 
kind of being the caretaker of Lewis's uh, literature and and motive and his legacy, and making sure that it doesn't get uh, his heart and his vision doesn't get distorted in the filmmaking process, mm-hmm. which I felt was a fascinating role for somebody to have to play, where you're taking somebody else's vision and adapting it to a totally different medium. Right. There's no way you can do a literal movie from right. a book. Right. So you have to change it. Like, how much do you change? How far do you go with the changes to adapt this new format? And I thought that was fascinating. Uh, Douglas Gresham is obviously a, a scholar on, on Lewis's work and, and, and speaks on it and stuff. And so we had the opportunity of interviewing uh, Gresham and talking about that tension of compromise and, quote unquote, selling out uh, to take a message to a mass audience in the film format, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is attention creatively and not compromising what Lewis set out to do. Right. Yeah. But you have to compromise. Yeah. And he, I mean, it's, it's interesting to hear him just talk about having to live under that weight. So, yeah. Well, uh, music in the issue, we have uh, some some artists we're, we're excited about. Uh, Pete Yorn, uh, who's been around for the last decade, is, has a new album coming out. Chad, let's play um, some of uh, Pete Yorn's new album real quick. Um, as you can probably hear, like, I mean, you're probably most familiar with the Pete Yorn um, that came out like in the early 2000s, kind of playing college radio music type stuff. Right. Um, but now he's hooked up with Frank Black from the Pixies, and it's given his whole album um, a little bit of a rougher edge. And you can also, I mean, this is a little harder to tell in the music, uh, but in the interview, he really goes into um, how he's kind of found his own feet as a performer and... Um, you know, he has this sense finally of kind of growing up like you kind of he was it seemed like like his story like a lot of people who enter into kind of the rock star scene that you know kind of catches you off guard and you spend the next 10 years like kind of trying to figure out what just happened and it sounds like he's like finally starting to settle down and figure out what just happened and figuring out how to grow up in the process. Another artist we feature is uh well, longtime podcast listeners will know him well. His name is Shad. He's a, a rapper from uh, British Columbia. And uh, we talked to him in the issue about his faith and his music. He has a new album that just came out. And Shad, let's, let's play a clip of it. I get it. Maybe I'm not big because I don't blog or Twitter. Talk, I'm bitter. I didn't have it on the flop, but I'll win it on the river. Longest winter got me seasoned. Now I'm a non beginner, meaning not yet a veteran, but nevertheless, pick the drug or the rapper, man. I'm better than meth. Dope is either or ether, the drug or the J dis. I would say dope is reefer, but I would be too basic and overplayed, overslave, won't complain. No, the game's been good. Too. I'm a huge Shad fan, and you can see why if you like hip hop at all. So uh, check out that interview, it's fascinating. And um, and uh, pick up his new album. Um, before we uh, shift to the Christmas stuff, we 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 always you know with reject apathy always talk about different social justice issues and and weave it in uh, to our coverage. One of the ones that is really flying under the radar, but really is more as a domestic issue that mm-hmm. more people need to be talking about is the mountaintop uh, removal. Uh, that's happening in the Appalachians, uh, Appalachian Mountain area. And it's basically the coal mining industry saying, eh, I don't want to dig a hole. 
So they just literally go in and they'll raise a mountain. And it's not just coal mining, it's different minerals and it's the mining industry. And they, the destruction that it's causing is not just aesthetic. It's not just, oh, okay, well, there's not as many mountains anymore. It's wreaking havoc on the communities that live there, um, uh, pollution and sickness. And, and it's just, and it's a permanent permanent damage happening to the country. And there's no regulation. There's nothing happening to stop it. There's a movement kind of emerging among Christians and and other people who care about the Mm -hmm. environment uh, to to stand up to this. And so uh, we we have a really interesting piece uh, called The Worst Environmental Problem You've Never Heard Of that looks at the issue head on. Yeah. And I think what's so hard for many of us is it's like, well, we need electricity. What are we supposed to do? Like you can't stop using electricity. Um, I mean, well, yeah, you, you could, yeah, but most of us aren't. <laughs> so the Amish just is, build uh, fireplaces, the mantles. It's a tough thing to 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 know that you're sort of part of that, but not to be able to stop it. Yeah, uh, there's actually uh, uh, some links to resources where you can get more information in the mm-hmm. magazine, and there's one a website that you can actually put in your your address, and it'll find your power company and show you. If your power company is using companies that are doing the mountaintop removal and stuff, which is like, okay, great. So it does. What do I do about it? Mm -hmm. Well, your voice can be heard. And I really feel like if more people start speaking out about the practice and then it's followed with legislation to kind of, you know, rein it in, uh, we can make a difference. And it's, you know, uh, God, you know, this is God's creation. And just to go and raise it, uh, I don't think is exactly what he had in mind. (laughs) So it's interesting. Well, okay. This is our November, December issue. We're now officially in the holiday season. And I'm not <gasps> saying that as PC. We are in the multiple holiday season. <laughs> Thanksgiving is coming up. Um, so we have a couple of pieces looking at Christmas and, and the holiday season. Uh, we have a fun piece called Deck the Halls and Not Your Family um, uh, by uh, the podcast very own Jesse Carey. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, it's one of the funnier pieces we've ever run. I really enjoyed it. Another part of the holiday season that isn't talked about as much in certain uh, faith circles is actually Advent. And so we asked Rob Bell to write a piece for us looking at Advent, um, its purpose and, and, and you know, uh, are we missing out if we're not practicing it and, and, and really what's the heart behind it? It's, we entitled it, Why We Wait, How the Advent Season Was Designed to Prepare, to prepare Our Hearts for the Savior's Birth. Yeah, and it's really just, I mean, anyone familiar with Rob Bell's writing, it's a its a beautiful piece that really just challenges us to, um, to kind of rest in the different seasons that we're in and not to always be just kind of rushing ahead or ignoring this time in, in our walk. So um, he talks even just about other parts of the church calendar and why it's important to sort of celebrate those seasons and ends with Advent and talking about just the importance of getting ready for the Savior's birth and not just sort of ignoring it until Christmas day. We also have, uh, in years past, we've done the conscientious gift guide, fair trade items, creative items, cool items um, that uh, are, are creative ideas to give thoughtful and uh, uh, gifts that will make a positive impact. And we have a truncated version of it in this issue. I think we selected 12 of our favorite items and a more robust online gift guide will be actually going up on November 12th at, at our website. So we'll make sure to remind you about that, but you can check out the one in print. Uh, we have a 
couple uh, notable columns Philip Yancey wrote about what good is God. And then one that I've been seeing get a lot of play and a lot of mention on Twitter is, is the one that John Foreman wrote for us called The Drunk and the Hypocrite, which is uh, a fascinating read. It was, it was not about the relevant staff, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> he attended our Christmas party. Uh, <laughs> and now Chad's going to play a clip. <laughs> um, a, a couple of drop features. Greg Laswell. Uh, ironically, uh, Greg Laswell came into our studio to perform for the podcast uh, literally two days before this issue arrived. <laughs> so we weren't able to show it to him. But Greg, Greg Laswell's uh, feature in the drop and he will be um, will be playing that performance on the podcast in the next week or two, and also School of Seven Bells, which is yeah one of the well, Ryan's School favorite. of Seven Bells. They're great, um, but, but you'll notice in the picture that there are three members. Uh, there are now only two. Uh, in between the time this went to print and when it actually got into our hands, uh, one of the members quit. <laughs> so. That's always nice. Yeah. So there you go. Um, there's a lot more in the issue. Recommends a lot of cool stuff in front matter. Um, and uh, yeah, you should you should check it out online. You can preview it at the website. You can flip through the digital version. It's at newsstands around the country. Right now, I wanted to mention, um, not real big on doing promos, but I wanted to mention that during the holiday season right now, is uh, you can give a gift of a year subscription relevant for only seven fifty, yes. which is we actually <laughs> lose money at seven fifty, um, but. It's a, it's a great price for a cheap gift that they get all year long and hopefully they'll like it. And so our hope is that if you give it to them for a year, they'll like enough to want to keep getting it and then they'll pay $12 in the future. <laughs> That's our hope. Anyway, but if you go to over to our website right now, you can uh, find out how to give uh, gifts of Relevant for only $7.50. So it'd help us out and we'd love it. Um, so there you go. That's a new issue, November, December. Um, Zach Galifianakis on the cover. Check it out. Stay tuned. Up next... Another song by Josiah Wolf. It's evident you run the show, so let me back down You take the leading role, and I play the background I know I miss my cues, know I forget my lines I'm sticking to your script, and I'm reading all your signs I don't need my name in lights, I don't need a star on the road And why gain the whole wide world, if I'm just gonna lose my soul And my ways ain't pure if I don't live according to your word I can't endure this life without your wisdom being heard So word, to every dancer for a pop you're listening to Lecrae. The song is Background. Uh, it's playing right now on Relevant FM and Relevant TV. Chad, did you notice that uh, Lecrae's album was like number six overall on iTunes for like um, the week it released? And yeah. then he was in the top five of hip hop for the whole month. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> pretty impressive, yeah. Um, Josiah Wolf uh, is also pretty impressive. Oh, look at that segue. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, his, his album, Jetlag, he actually played every note that you hear on the entire album. Um, in addition to the couple of songs we're playing here on the podcast, uh, you'll definitely want to go over to our podcast episode page because we're featuring both songs there. You can stream them and download them, along with an additional song by Liz Hodson, his fiance who, who performs with them. And you'll hear Josiah singing backup on that track. So definitely go check that out. Without any further ado, here's Josiah Wolf performing The One Sign. And 
the sky heard the command It's obedient like sand The plane was shaking And they said please take your seats But disobedient like sleep They kept on standing And if this is not my place It's a thought that I can't shake The ship is falling wind is calling out my name It's an ancient game Heaven help me are just words That time will make you say Like sand, the plane was shaking And they said please take your seats But disobedient like sleep, they kept on standing And if this is not my place It's a thought that I can't shake The ship is falling The wind is calling my name It's an ancient game Heaven help me are just words That time Will make you say That was Josiah Wolf Make sure to download uh, the three performances at the podcast episode page and check them out at myspace.com slash Josiah Wolf Jetlag. Listening to Freelance Whales, it's one of my favorite band names because good. you don't have to hire them full time, right? You know, they're good. You just need them. You hire them when you need them. Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh, the song is "Broken Horse," uh, which is playing right now on Relevant.fm. Okay, it's time for feedback. Uh, to and in, in the last episode two weeks ago, let me refresh your memory. Maya brought a slice, listing kind of the most bizarre sports, real sports in the world, right? And well, we, they're mostly over in Europe. Mo, mo, yeah, most of them are in the UK and small UK, towns yeah. in the UK. Basically, like shin kicking. And it's like a real thing that they do. And people right. win the shin kicking competition and stuff, you know. So it inspired us to ask you, um, well, A, if you know of any other real ones, uh, please let us know. Because yes. our eyes were opened. Uh, or go ahead and make up your own sport along the lines of the ones that... Uh, 
that she was telling us about. So you went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and posted your replies there. Here's a few of our favorites. Uh, Corey Lyons says, my youth group used to play a game called The Game. Uh, (laughs) It's fairly simple. Uh, You're in a fairly large room. You put five or six random objects in the middle and give each a different point value. Then you split everyone up into four teams and then send them to a corner of the room. Each team sends one person per round to the center to do whatever it takes to get the objects to their corner. uh, Corey Hmm. emphasizes whatever it takes. Punches, hair pulling, dragging people from the other team who are holding the objects to your corner, whatever. Everything is fair game. Needless to say, the game was banned after one of the leaders had a serious knee injury (laughs) in which they're still recovering five years later. That sounds like a horrible game for a youth group. Well, I think it's evangelistic. What in the world? (laughs) (laughs) It draws in the youth. I think it's obvious. Young people will love that stuff. Wow. I really like this one from Katie Aust. Uh, she says, there's an annual event near where I live called the World Championship Outhouse Races. <laughs> three, three person team, two pushers, one driver sitting on the throne, decorate uh-huh. their outhouses and race them 100 feet down Main Street. Every team has awesome names such as flapper crappers, urinators and the potty poopers. The annual race is based on the legend that in, that in the early 20th century, the townspeople took their outhouses to the streets and marched to City Hall to protest an ordinance that banned outdoor toilets. Huh. So keeping it alive today. Yeah, that's awesome. Entertaining and educational. <laughs> Sarah says in college, her friends and she would put flour in women's hose and have snowball fights. Hmm. Quote, just, it snowballs in quotes. That just seems dangerous. It just seems messy. Inappropriate. <laughs> uh, Alex says a common event at festivals in Wisconsin is meadow muffin bingo. What? It consists of painting a grid on the street and betting on where cows will poop. Oh, I've, yeah. I've heard of that. That's not a real thing. No. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen it. I mean, how do you, are there cows just roaming? Well, they put, they put cow, it's like a pasture. Okay. All yeah. right. So it's where cows actually are. I'm just picturing somewhere, you know, like near the, the, the corn dog stand. No, I was, um, I, I stayed with a family when I was an intern, like just out of college and he was really involved in like Kiwanis Club or Lions Club, like one of those. Yeah. And or it was maybe it was Rotary Club. Anyway, they would like one of their big fundraisers uh-huh. was this cow pie thing. Yeah, yeah. And they would raise tons of money because people would bet wow. on where the cow was going to poop. Okay. Jeremy Copeland. This is epic. He actually played this game. <laughs> it's called Trout Gauntlet. It's basically what it sounds like with one twist. Contestants had an egg an unbroken egg strapped on their foreheads <laughs> and then had to run through a gauntlet of people holding real trout <gasps> who were using the trout to try and break oh! the egg. <laughs> he said it was, most, awesome. it was the most awesome day ever. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> An egg strapped to your head and people with trout beating it and you had to run through the gauntlet. Wow. I mean, that is just amazing. You know how much cholesterol is in that egg? <laughs> Not only is that painful, like that's not healthy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think the relevant games might need to be restarted with these suggestions. Yeah. Well, that's what he. Like that's that's that actually what he guys, said at the end. With some piece of trout. <laughs> that's actually what he said. He said, "Sounds like a great day in the relevant offices to me." Wow. Oh my goodness. Some of these are really epic. We can't, we don't have time to read all of them, but uh, go if, over go over and read these. If yeah. you're a youth pastor or know a youth pastor, uh, man, we're just giving away free curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> this will draw in the young people. Yeah. Uh, uh, a quick one here, yeah. TJ. Um, he said that they two two people play at a time, and you're on a log, which I don't know how easy it is to find a log, but maybe it is. Um, but basically, you have a boxing match on this log, 
and to try and get one one of the per- people off, kind of like the gladiator thing, but you're doing it with your fist. Um, but the catch is that you have to be doing the hokey pokey the entol- entire time. So you're doing the hokey pokey dance and you're fighting, try not to fall off a log. Mm-hmm. It sounds like another one that you should play at your youth group. Yeah. <laughs> Physically have, harm other people. Yeah. There's a lot of physical fights in church. There really is. Yeah. I used to, I was always that kid who, um, for some reason, people getting really dizzy is really funny to me. Hmm. And so anytime we would play that youth group relay race where you would run down and like spin on a baseball bat mm-hmm. uh, 10 times, like I would laugh. I was awesome at that. I would laugh so hard. I would fall over because like <laughs> people get really dizzy and then they would start running and just veer and they always like, slam into the wall. They always. <laughs> yeah. I was, like, I I was like, there is no higher form of comedy. <laughs> have the this. games and Viva. promotions at minor league baseball games been influenced by youth groups or have youth groups mm. influenced mm. the games and promotions at minor league baseball games? We'll know if mascots, big headed mascots appear in church. <laughs> in <the future. laughs> we'll know. Um, all right, well, go go read those. There's a lot more over at the uh, last week's podcast episode page. It's the one with Gabe Lyons um, as the as the main thing. Um, okay, so now it's time for this week's question of the week. Editorial question of the week. Hey. Okay, well, last week was uh, Halloween, as we all know. I I, I just had a harvest party. <laughs> you didn't even throw it. No, no fall festival. Yeah. I just wouldn't like dressed up as a saint. Don't give the devil the day. <laughs> right. And what so, was that whole rest, restoration day or reformation, reformation day? day. What does that mean? It's the day Martin Luther. You're from Minnesota. You should know this. Yeah, Everybody up there knows reformation. Martin day. Luther was not from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. He may as well have been. May as well have been. You go up there. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I was going to say, man, history. Come on, people. <laughs> is it always on Halloween? It's that, well, October 31st is the day he pounded the like the 95 theses into the door of the church. That sounds uh, disgusting. So <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> the <laughs> cow feces. <laughs> yeah. um, he spray painted something on the ground. And <laughs> so uh, we want to know, uh, we have, we have fun, creative listeners. We want to know what you guys did for Halloween, what you dressed up as primarily. And you know, if anything funny happened, like you, you got arrested, arrested walking your Fox or something. Yeah. So, so send us your stories, your Halloween costumes, things like that. Now, uh, if you go over to the podcast episode page for this, this podcast, uh, just post your replies there in the comments. Um, you can't attach a picture, but we'd love to see what you dressed up as. So yeah. upload a picture to Flickr or something like that. And you can put the link, put the link in there. In yeah. And, I want to see y'all. Yeah. You know, we think that'd be a lot of fun. Also, no. if any, if anybody wants to look at last week's, uh, page, and look at those games. Like, do some of the games oh. and send us a video of you doing the games. Oh, that'd be great. That'd, that'd be awesome. awesome. I'll, put, I'll put those up on the website. Yeah. Um, hit, hit people with trout in the face. <laughs> yeah. If Please. somebody does the somebody. trout gauntlet, I will give you a lifetime subscription to the magazine. What? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do yeah, it. No, I really it will. In. No, I really will. I really will. If somebody performs the trout gauntlet, I will give you a subscription, one sub- life to- lifelong subscription to the magazine. Wait, one? To one person? To the one person who sends us the video okay. or organizes the event mm-hmm. or whatever. That could be that could be a competition within the competition. Who uploads the video first? Fastest. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's 10 people. Yeah. And they they all have trout sores. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst kind. Yeah. You don't want trout sores. Uh. There's no ointment for that. Um, all right. So go, go ahead and uh, post your Halloween costumes and, and stories or your videos of doing the games from last week uh, at this week's podcast epi- episode page. If you want to call in to the podcast episode hotline, I don't know, you could just tell us your story, I guess. Uh, the number is 
660-1411, extension 126. Uh, many thanks to Josiah Wolf for coming through the studio. Um, you can check him out at myspace.com slash Josiah Wolf Jetlag. And uh, make sure to check out the new issue of Relevant. The digital preview is online now. You can flip through it there. It's also available at newsstands nationwide. You can subscribe for only 12 bucks and get a free album. So, uh, so on, that, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Josh Loveless. And for Chad Michael Snavely, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. The end will fill my veins With my father's blood And his father's tears Will become my flood And I'll be the voice In the wilderness Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com What it says to you, dear listeners, Jesse doesn't care about you.